Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, executive editor of Recode. Thanks for listening to Recode Replay. Here's one of the interviews from the stage of Code Commerce 2017 in New York City. If you like it, please leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Recode Replay. So very quickly, for those of us over 25, what is Venmo? So Venmo is the easiest, simplest, fastest way to send and receive money between friends, mostly on mobile, uh, but also on the web, just an easy way to send money back and forth. Uh, okay, fair enough. I use Venmo, so that was a trick question. I've actually been, Venmo's kind of an interesting story. It's been around uh, surprisingly long for a mobile transfer service. When did it launch again? So it was in beta as early as 2010. It officially kind of became public in 2000, early 2012. And the um, early vision was that you would send someone money with a text message, I think? Yeah, it actually predated the App Store in terms of how they built it. It was send money via text. So I could text $5 to Dan for lunch, and it would show up in your text feed. Um, then the app came out, and the social aspects of it evolved over time. Which was crazy at that time. I mean, uh, even back then, it w- it, PayPal had obviously been around for a long time, and pay- obviously PayPal's origin started in mobile. but. The idea in 2010, I actually was interviewing one of the founders of Venmo in 20, maybe 2010, 2011, and during the interview, the other founder had sent me $5 over Venmo via text message, and uh, that was wild. It was, it was really interesting. Um, but now I imagine most of it is going through an app of some sort. Yeah, so uh, overwhelming majority of what happens on Venmo is through the native mobile apps. We have a web app. Most people that use Venmo, if you ask them, uh, they wouldn't know we have a web app because everybody thinks of Venmo in- instinctively and sort of naturally. It's a, it's a mobile app. A lot of what you do on Venmo is your in-person relationships or your personal relationships, and uh, the phone's always with you. And so we, from day one, built it even before the app. Text messaging, it was always mobile first because of the way they were thinking about it when they started it. And I've been around for most of that run since the two, early 2011. Um, it's always been this context of what are you doing with your friends, with your family, with your colleagues. There's things that are happening and experiences that, are, that happen in the real world that uh, Venmo captures the essence of those experiences through the payments that are going back and forth. And so I said $8 billion last quarter's transaction volume. The, the only number I have written down on my notes is actually $25.3 billion which is trailing four quarters, um, which is, that's a lot of money uh, yeah. through apps and, and through the web. What, uh, what are people sending? So this is for anything that you do uh, when, you're, when you're with other people. So it can be roommates um, splitting rent and paying each other back, utilities and things like that. We go out to dinner, out for drinks. It can be people collecting money for gifts. So you have this idea of um, I owe you money and I need to pay you back or we're gonna gather up a bunch of money to do something. And a lot of it is social. It's, it's around um, experiences. So it can be um, a trip together, going to a show together, um, buying a gift for somebody. So um, you have sort of both sides of it. Of, there's a very utilitarian aspect to it, which is it's a simple, easy, fast way to send money that you pull out your phone and a couple seconds later you've paid somebody back. I collect money for my kid's soccer team on Venmo and in 30 seconds I can have 12 parents pay me their dues for their kid on the soccer team and I can tell you that's a lot easier than you know asking them all for cash or checks like it used to be. Um, uh, how many employees do you have? So we're, we have a few hundred people dedicated to Venmo now because we're part of PayPal. 
Um, you have a lot more people working across products. So we're yeah. building things with PayPal, uh, building things with Braintree, so you get a lot of sort of cross-pollination between the teams. Um, but dedicated to Venmo, um, we, between our support and product team, there's a, there's a few hundred people dedicated to it. And so one of the words he missed in the introduction was that Venmo is free, and I think for a lot of the users, that's why they sign up. Maybe you said that, I don't know. But um, I think that's a, that's, that's a really key selling point. Um, but if you do the math, $25.3 billion times free is about 50 cents in revenue, I think, last quarter. So um, that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about how Venmo becomes uh, everyone's favorite payment platform into a thriving business. Um, so how are you going to do that? Walk me through that. What are the steps? So the idea behind Venmo from you were talking about the founding days was let's use this, we call it P2P or peer-to-peer -peer experience, um, to get people comfortable with using their phone and to send money and receive money. And that was a pretty big obstacle. When we were doing that, people thought it was crazy. No one's going to use this. Nobody's going to trust their phone. We've proven to the tune of uh, you know, $25 billion over the last four quarters. And I, I believe I wrote a popular blog post back then titled, Mobile Payments Are a Mess. Yeah. And they were, and they still are. But <laughs> They were. I mean, if you go back, January 2016 was our first billion-dollar month. And I remember when we, when we announced that, it had taken us, I, I don't remember exactly, but it was the first three to four years cumulative to process a billion dollars in payments on Venmo. That's how long it took to build. And then January was our first billion dollar month. December was our first two billion dollar month. Last quarter we're doing eight billion and still doubling year over year. Um, what, what clicked, do you know? What clicked is um, there, there's a critical mass to the Venmo experience. And so when you talk about peer-to-peer -peer networks, if I get on Venmo, like when you got on, when you did that interview, and you looked at it and you're like, oh, I have one friend on Venmo, it's the founder. Yeah. So if I'm ever with him, I'll pay him back. But if I'm not with him, it's not I very I tried useful. to pay him back, but he wouldn't let me do that. <laughs> um, and so what we see is, we actually see this phenomenon happening on Venmo is, somebody will sign up for Venmo three years ago, and as a group of signups that early on, some of them will fall off, and then they'll come back a year later, and they have more friends on it, and, and a portion of that group will stick around. And then they'll fall off, and, and then they'll come back later. So they're actually more active three years, four years later than they were when they initially signed up, which is, which is not, it's unlike almost any other app that's out there. You're the one person in the App Store who, who enjoys that uh, remnant status on page four of the, uh, it, of the iPhone. It's, it's literally uh, like, ne it's like negative churn on the app. And the reason is, every time I go back into Venmo, um, if I haven't seen you for a while, we go out and have uh, coffee together and I wanna pay you back, and you say, pay me back on Venmo, I get back in there, and now there's 20 people that I know in there. And then the next time I do it, there's 50 people and 100 people. And at a certain point, you hit that critical mass. What, you know, depending on who you are and what you're doing, that number may, may change. But the, what clicked was uh, the fact that enough people started to get it. And so it wasn't any one thing. There was no product feature or no marketing campaign or no moment in time. There was just an incremental build that eventually started to take off. Um, was, was that not when the Lucas ads were in the, the New York subway? I think those deserve <laughs> the, more credit than they yeah, get. But. Lucas ads were a brilliant campaign. Um, but at the end of the day, Venmo grows because people on Venmo who love Venmo get other people onto Venmo. And it's a weird, weird thing that happens is it's, it's kind of a selfish motivation because if I get more people on Venmo, it's more useful to me. So it's not like, oh, I like this app, go check it out, you might like it too. And I tell you about it. This is actually a case where if I like Venmo 
and I want you on it, Venmo becomes more useful to me the more people that are on it. Every time I have to pay somebody back that doesn't use Venmo, it drives me nuts because I have to have cash or I have to write a check or do something else. All right, so you have a network effect, you have a critical mass of users now, you're, they're already comfortable right. funneling their billions of dollars through you. Where's the, where's the business part coming So in? now it's what we hear most from our customers and our users is we want to use Venmo in more ways. It starts with, I need more people on Venmo. That's step number one. Step number two is, what happens on Venmo? Often, if you look at, at what's happening on Venmo and how people use it, it starts with some type of commerce event, right? We're splitting an Uber ride, we're splitting some dinner bill, I'm paying you back, or I'm, we're putting money in to buy a gift somewhere. Um, and so we're thinking about how do we expand what people love about Venmo, take it beyond the P2P and into that commerce space and give them, give our users what they love about Venmo, but give it broader reach. And that's what they're asking for. They want to be able to use Venmo in more ways and more places. And the natural place for that to go is look at all the things that people do on Venmo today and just take that extra step. And so right now what we have is uh, things that we're doing with, uh, with Braintree and PayPal are expanding Venmo so you can use Venmo to buy at merchants. So in Braintree's client apps, things like Poshmark and Delivery.com and GameTime. So for example, if I'm on GameTime buying tickets, uh, using Venmo makes it a lot easier because one, it simplifies the authentication. So I can hold my thumb down on the phone or, or, or one tap, authenticate, and I don't need to pass my payment credentials, my credit card to a new service. Um, and so that's something we built. So they're not using it with a giant Venmo balance. They're using it just as a funnel to an existing payment tool, mostly. Right, that's, that's part of it. And, and now remember, this is early days. So we're, now we have another education challenge on our hands. Now, $25 billion worth of P2P payments have happened on Venmo. That's what people think. Now we need to educate them. Now you can use it in new ways. So if I buy tickets on the GameTime app with Venmo, the notification pops in the feed. I'm splitting it with four friends. It just simplified that whole process. Um, we've, we're, you probably read about we're, we're beta testing a, a Venmo card that acts as a prepaid card against uh, I your I want balance. to read you a headline about that card. Did you <laughs> Please see it today? do. Venmo I, has invited people have. to trial <laughs> its ugly new debit card. Yes. Fortune Magazine. Thank yes. you, Fortune. Yes. Uh, I have one right there. Okay, no, I don't cool. have my wallet. I have one right <laughs> so over So what does here. that card do? So essentially treating your Venmo balance in your account like a prepaid account. So again, if I'm out to dinner and I, what happens today is I swipe my credit card or debit card and then I ask my friends to pay me back, now I swipe my Venmo card. It, it's got a security element, which is it immediately pops up in my phone, notifies me that it's used. I feel good that I know I used it and somebody else didn't use it. But I also can take that and then use Venmo for what I love about Venmo, which is split, share, and the other experiences where we connect the merchant and the consumers in a way that is uh, more seamless and takes advantage of that social side of it. And so you have all these merchants coming to you and saying, hey, we need more middlemen. Please in, help us. In droves. I why, can't tell you how many calls I get. Why do they actually need you? What, what do you bring that they need? Every email says that, can I get more middlemen in my experience? So what we're thinking about, so for example, we're uh, launching, um, Laura was on stage earlier from Williams-Sonoma, with PayPal and, and on the Venmo side, um, working with Williams-Sonoma. And PayPal has not been in the checkout flow of Williams-Sonoma to date. And early next year, we're launching um, across all the properties on what desktop and mobile web um, with PayPal and then for Venmo focused pretty much on the, on the mobile side of things across all their properties. And the idea is Venmo inside of an experience, for example, like registry purchases. So you have a bunch of friends, 
that have somebody who's getting married and on the registry they want to go in on a gift for somebody. And the Venmo experience makes that a lot easier to do and a lot simpler to do when you can collect your money and have somebody buy it through Venmo in the Williams-Sonoma mobile checkout flow is a very seamless and simple experience. And so that's something we're doing with them that is very much a, a traditional retailer that is very innovative and digital focused but it's come from the really traditional retail physical world. And Laura was up here talking about how physical stores are very much a part of their plan going forward, but digital has to be a part of that. And this bridges that gap. So right? what, do they, what do they pay you for that? So in that case, you know, the PayPal, Braintree, uh, Venmo business model is very much a merchant business model, right? So you have merchant processing fee on the other side of that. That generates revenue. We bring customers to them that didn't otherwise have a way to, to buy from them or it was more difficult to buy it from them. And so I think between the two, you're bringing new customers to Williams-Sonoma and we're expanding the reach of, of Venmo in the process. And so the goal is to get enough of those relationships times enough usage to actually be a meaningful business? Be, <laughs> yes, that's, that's the goal. So I think when you think about it, our, our objective is we want to meet our consumers anywhere they want to use Venmo. We're testing a physical card, so when the reality is you can talk about online and mobile all you want, a lot still happens at physical point of sale with a card or online with a card, and we want to bridge that gap. We're partnered with all the Braintree merchants now can integrate Venmo into their app and into their mobile web checkout flow for this seamless, think about like one tap checkout across all apps, right? So now I don't need to give my information across all the apps. And with PayPal merchants, we're launching um, over the course of this year, and we've started to do this already, and by the end of this year, you'll be able to use Venmo anywhere you see a PayPal button um, so that you can get that same experience. And so there's millions of PayPal merchants that now will have access to the Venmo consumer base. Do you think your users know that you're owned by PayPal? Some do, some don't. Do they care? Do you care that they care? Some do, some don't. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of uh, let that just take its course. I mean, yeah. one of the things you'll see is within PayPal, Venmo is very distinctly a brand because we didn't want to tell consumers you have to use PayPal or you have to use Venmo. It's given us the ability to have a little more flexibility to meet the PayPal consumer where it wants to be and meet the Venmo consumer where it wants to be. So it's, it's been nice to be able to keep them as, as independent brands, but leverage the technology and the resources behind the scenes. Love it. Uh, let's talk a little about the market because what you describe of this, you know, getting into the merchant flow, it sounds right and you do bring some interesting elements to it, I must admit. Uh, but there's a lot of those buttons. I think, you know, once a month, someone hits me up, change your payment to Visa checkout and we'll give you 20 bucks or whatever. So I do it, then I go back to my normal thing. Right. Um, it seems every credit card company, every banking company has one of these things. Uh, still a mess, right? Yeah. They, they, they call that the NASCARing up the checkout, yeah. right? Where there's like 17 different buttons that you have. And that's the last problem we want to be creating. How do you break through? So I think with Venmo, it's not about a button. Like PayPal innovated when they created online experience. The button was a big piece of it because it simplified the online checkout flow. The button is no longer the thing that is solving the problem. It's become, you know, as you said, everybody has some version of a button that simplifies the checkout flow. We think about an end-to-end -end experience. So we're not trying to solve checkout. What we're trying to solve is people have things going on in their life that are experiences where money is changing hands. And often some of their most intimate or exciting or important events are happening. You know, sometimes it's very utilitarian, but sometimes it's the experiences that, that are the most important to them. We've always focused on that experience. And so when you think about what's unique about Venmo, 
bringing brands into the Venmo experience. When we started Venmo, people didn't expect Venmo to turn into $8 billion quarter market. Like that didn't exist. No one thought it was possible. I still think it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and doubling still yeah. on that number. Um, so what's unique about Venmo was we didn't make a new banking infrastructure. Like we didn't invent a new way to move money around. What we did is just simplify the experience and make it simpler, more delightful, more connected. And I think when you look at what Venmo is doing, we're not solving a checkout flow problem. We're solving an end-to-end -end consumer experience problem that the merchants and the brands want to be part of, that our consumers love and are coming to. They are coming in droves. Those. All right, those we're going to see. We'll be back in a year, and we'll, we'll talk more about that. Um, I want to ask you about uh, Apple. I, if there's bags under my eyes, it's because I got back from the iPhone event about 14 hours ago. So um, in fact, my watch is still in Pacific time, which is kind of crazy. Uh, so next Tuesday, iOS 11 launches with peer-to-peer -peer payments directly built into iMessage, which is kind of quietly one of the world's top three social networks, communication platforms. Uh, are you hosed? Is this the end of Venmo? Yes. We actually have the packing boxes already done. <laughs> Moving trucks are coming. So we, I've been through this. There was a point when Google launched uh, Send Money in Email. Back in like, I don't know, we were still be, uh, independent and, and everyone was terrified. What are we going to do? Facebook Messenger launched payments. Apple's in it. Snapchat launched payments at one point. So you have a lot of people coming to this space uh, that five years ago didn't think it existed. And I think Venmo has created that interest. Um, and we think we're in a pretty good position to continue to provide what our, we think our customers want and, and like and enjoy about um, that P2P experience. And look, there is plenty of money moving around for, for multiple players, but we think we're in a pretty good position to sort of um, keep a very open, that's one thing with Venmo, you can use it across devices, very simple and very uh, connected experience that this is what we do. So you always got to pay attention to when Apple does things, but I but, uh, can't say that we're uh, too concerned about it. And at the end of the day, um, when Apple does things, there's a certain aspect of um, legitimizing what's happening in that space that can benefit everyone in the space. Um, but we, we stay pretty focused on what we can do. We can't affect what Apple's going to do. What we can do is build great products and great experiences for our customers and our brands. Cool. Uh, great. So we're going to take audience questions in two minutes. I have, I have one more question for you, which is, uh, maybe well, I have 20 more questions for you, but we'll start with this one. When you open Venmo, you see a feed. Uh, sometimes the feed is mundane. Sometimes the feed is a little weird. There are a lot of emojis involved in the feed. Uh, sometimes it's pizza. Sometimes it's a zucchini. Um, who knows? <laughs> but what, what's the deal with that? There, I remember there was, a, there was part of it was like social commerce or whatever. But is that actually a thing? Do people care what that feed is? Or is that just there because you need a screen to be there? Uh, so. People do care. So I think what the, what the feed does for people is it brings, we put the payment to the background. The payment's a vehicle for something else going on. And we've always thought about Venmo as Venmo is not the star. The payment is not the star. The checkout button is not the star. It's the experience, what they are doing and why they're paying somebody back. And this literally goes back to the very founding of Venmo, even when it was a text messaging app, was they understood the nuance of the, the social context that was happening, and we brought that to the forefront. And the reason the feed, instead of like a pay send button, is front and center, it's still one tap to pay or send, 
but the feed brings the experience front and center. And this is what we want to bridge to the commerce experience that we think is, is really relevant is how do we bring that experience of buying tickets to an event or buying a gift for somebody or going out to dinner with somebody to the forefront and that's what the feed does for people. So not every payment is interesting, but it's, it has become a form of, of, of a social network for folks. It's mesmerizing too. It is fascinating. Um, one more thing, what, what do you think people misunderstand about Venmo? So I think what's interesting is they, we get this idea that Venmo is for millennials. I think you mentioned millennials at the beginning. It's on my card. Someone else wrote that. Yeah. But <laughs> I think that's definitely the, the stereotype. Yes. And I will tell you, uh, you won't hear, you know, when the Venmo product team is working on building things, they don't have a picture of a millennial up on the wall. And they're like, we're building for you, buddy. Um, what you they, don't? We have that. <laughs> We think about great experiences. It just so happens that millennials are more uh, likely to use their phone for things because they grew up with them. We did not build for millennials. What we're building, and you can see by the volume and the growth, this is more than just millennials. This is for everyone, and it will be for everyone. Um, the focus is building a great experience. Um, and if millennials happen to be the ones that sort of lead the charge, great, but, but it's not just for them, and it's, uh, it's something that we think is much broader appeal. Great. Let's open it up to questions. As Jason said, there's some reporters out there. So, all right, we have, we have one right there. <laughs> Hi there, uh, Vic Maida from Jay Goldman. Um, two questions, um, they may be related to each other. One is, um, every time I'm at a restaurant, handful of people, it seems like it takes five minutes or more to settle a bill. And my Venmo transactions are like lightning speed. So, a very pointed question, when can I start to use Venmo at the restaurant? And maybe a related question is, what is so special about what's going on in China that people have forgotten cash over there? And here in the US, we're still bumbling around with it. So first question, the, the fastest uh, way you're going to be able to uh, use Venmo at a restaurant is going to be the, the card that's in beta right now. So as we expand that to more users, we- The ugly card. The ugly card yeah. with a picture of a ball of dough, a little pun on money. Um, so hey, really, <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, like I said, it's in beta. <laughs> so when it comes out for real, maybe it won't be as ugly. Um, no, but the card in the store is essentially bridging that gap. You swipe your card at the restaurant, and then you and then you got to get people to pay you back. But it starts with splitting the cards. The the servers get mad at you if you split it up into eight ways. Um, and you got to do the tip and everything else. When I swipe at a restaurant with my card right now, I'm in the beta, I swipe, uh, it pops up in my phone, and I immediately send a request to you, and we're literally done as fast as you did a Venmo payment. You still got to have the, the server swipe the card. There will be things we're doing, and this is where we benefit from being part of PayPal and Braintree, particularly on, the, on the, some of the deals we've done with Visa and MasterCard. There's going to be opportunities for us to, to even bypass that step. Um, as we start to do things um, over, over the networks that, that will be part of what we're building with PayPal. But the first point you'll be able to do it is the card. And I think one of the things we're trying to stay out of is getting people to change behavior too much. Like, I don't want you to necessarily replace your card. I want Venmo to be wherever you are and how you pay. So if you tap your phone to pay, I want to bring Venmo to that. If you swipe a card, I want to bring Venmo to that. If you're in an app, or on the web, I want to bring Venmo to that. I don't want to try to convince you to drop your card and start tapping your phone. You'll decide to do that or you won't. Our job is to bring Venmo to wherever you want to use it and make it as easy as possible. Can I ask a crucial follow-up? 
Who gets to keep all the points when you do that? The person swiping the card. All right. I need a card. Yeah. Uh, China question is good because I was going to ask what what um, international markets are you in, and, and what so, is interesting about China? So right now, Venmo is U.S. only, and I think we get asked a lot when are you getting outside the U.S. And I think for us, it's certainly we want to get outside the U.S. We're trying to we're trying to put the rest of these puzzle pieces in place around the commerce um, and then think about we don't want to we don't want to go too quickly where we spread too thin um, so that's that's our answer to you know why we're still us only when we think about other markets there there are some things going on in in asia where you have apps that have become the everything and it's just a different way of thinking it's sort of more the model of the app is the portal and it buys your tickets for you it sends your monies for you it's your messaging app it's everything and in, in other markets, like the US, it's kind of gone the other way. Apps have gotten more and more focused, and the, and the broad apps are less appealing. And people, like, uh, there are apps today that have a split feature inside the app. And people use that app, and they pay for that service, and then they go to Venmo to split instead of splitting inside the app when the service is already there. And it's just a way of thinking. So right now, we're sort of in the market we're in. We, we're focused on how people use the apps today. And I think as we get into those other markets, we'll think about how we adapt. Next question. I don't know, I don't know if, you, uh, if you snuck this by or if I wasn't paying close enough attention. But I heard you say uh, that Venmo users will be able to pay through a PayPal button anywhere it exists by the end of the year. Um, is that correct? Can you elaborate on what that timeline might be and what the user experience would look like, or how that would be presented to users? So today, there are some, some of that's happening today. We have some users and some merchants who are already in that program. Um, not, I can't say every PayPal button. Our goal is to eventually get to that place. Um, I won't say every PayPal button by the end of the year will have that, but our goal is that that's the vision. We want, like, if we, ha we have this unique access to Braintree and PayPal merchant base where we don't need to go acquire it on our own, we want to bridge to that. Um, and there's a lot, you know, PayPal's been around a long time. There's millions of merchants out there. Um, so it's going to take some time to get there. But our goal is later this year to open it up to all our users and a, a large percentage of the, uh, the PayPal base where you'll be able, all Venmo users will be able to use it at those merchants where, where they see the PayPal button. Great. Last question back there. Um, so uh, Square and so SoFi, am I saying that right, <laughs> have both applied for bank charters. Is that a route you've considered in the past? And if they got approved, uh, would that make you rethink that uh, Venmo becoming a bank? Are there um, any plans for that? It's not something we talk a lot about, honestly. We are thinking about what we do today being a bank doesn't add a ton of value to what we're doing today. If it did down the road, you know, potentially, but it's not something that we spend a lot of time thinking about today. Great, we're out Thanks. of time. Thank you. Thanks, Mike Vaughn. Okay. Thanks for listening to Recode Replay. Remember to leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Recode Replay and be sure to check out our other podcasts. Every Monday, I host Recode Decode, a podcast about tech and media's key players, big ideas, and how they're changing the world we live in. On Thursdays, you can hear Recode Media, in which Peter Kafka interviews the smartest and most interesting people in the media world. And on Fridays, I host Too Embarrassed to Ask, along with Lauren Good of The Verge, where we answer all of your questions about consumer tech. You can find all these shows and more at recode.net or wherever you listen to your podcasts. <laughs>